So this movie is a is just shit for the record. I oh no, I, it's excellent. I may never forgive you. Um, <laughs> so ready to just get right in on it? Yeah, you can make fun of me while we're recording. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not sure that if describing this movie in detail would work because I'm not sure many people want to hear that much profanity. So Farron, what'd you think of the film? Well, Welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. Or, I guess, at least one of us sort of did. I'm your unwilling host, Farron, and I'm here today with my victimizer, Heather. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I am never going to forgive you for this <laughs> fucking film. Oh, my God. Um... Yeah, so this film, the reason we're doing this film is because we covered it in our fantasy trailer episode, uh, and you said, hey, let's do that, and I unfortunately said, sure, because I want to keep my co-hosts happy. Um, this is the last time you'll ever be choosing an episode, I think, but... Oh, no, no, we're doing, we're doing Ice Pirates next Oh, fuck. Okay, well, for now, we're doing The the Beastmaster, which premiered on the 16th of August, 1982, and was directed by Don Coscarelli. It was written by Don Coscarelli and Paul Pepperman, and it's based on a novel by Andre Norton. It's starring Mark Singer, who, if you ever saw the miniseries uh, V, he played Donovan, the uh, videographer. Tanya Roberts, who... I'm not sure I think she's ever done anything else that we know of. She did uh, that, with that uh, Tarzan, but a girl, Sheena. Uh, we saw the trailer for that in the, the action episode we shot. And Rip Torn, who was a great actor who must have been just desperate to pay his rent. I don't know. Um, the music, I recognize, the minute I turned it on, I recognized the music and I thought, where have I heard this? Turns out uh, the guy, Lee Holdridge, he did Mists of Avalon. There was a miniseries based on that book, which I think you've probably read, I would assume. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and seen. I loved it. Yeah. It's funny. I, I've, I've never read it. I've never seen it. Uh, but he did, the, he did the music for the 90s. Was it the 90s they did a, uh, like a miniseries? I think so. I, okay. re I remember being in high school when I was all enamored with that genre. That thing, yeah. Uh, well, Mist of Avalon, isn't Mist of Avalon like a, like um, the Arthurian legend from the women's point of view? Probably. That... Sounds uh, right. And I, I know it's Arthurian, but it's been a day since high school. So Yeah, I, I just remember seeing it. Where I used to sit in the library, I could see it from where I sat when I used to hang out there. Um, he also did the music for Splash. That's a winning movie. And the Beauty and the Beast television show, which I liked a lot, actually. Um, so did my mom. Yeah, no, I've, I, I've seen the whole thing because we had one TV and my mom liked it. See, the reason, most of the reason I started watching that one was because um, it was on. It was it came out at the same time as Star Trek: The Next Generation. So uh, Channel Seven here, um, what's now Global, they would show Beauty and the Beast followed by Next Gen. So I just watched both of them. Um, but I liked it. Uh, I mean, the second, I mean, the fact that Linda Hamilton wanted out after one season, I don't blame her. But anyway, um, so he did the music for those. And after that, he did like, you know, I think he did like eight is enough. Like he's a TV guy. Uh, but the reason I, I recognize the music, it turns out, is in the 90s, after I got a CD player, I got this like two CD set of like sci-fi and fantasy music. And this is one of the pieces on it. Um, the music's not bad. It's better than the movie. Uh, the budget for this <clears throat> winner was $9 million, and it made $14 million. So See? Awesome. Okay, no. Um, so let me discuss the plot here. I'll read this. This is from um, Wikipedia. 
The Beastmaster tells of Hosteen Storm, a Navajo and former soldier who has empathetic and telepathic connections with a group of genetically altered animals. The team emigrates from Earth to the distant planet Arzor, where he is hired to herd livestock. Storm brings or still harbors anger at his former enemies, the Zik, and has sworn revenge on a man named Quaid for his father's move, his father's murder, but finds life and hope instead. Does that sound like the movie you saw? No, but I did read that book. It's very good. Okay, yeah, because that's the book. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's yeah, that is. It, I, it's like, uh, go ahead. I, I didn't realize until like right now they were related to each other. I'm pretty sure someone just threw a few thousand bucks at him to option it. And someone said, well, they're making this Conan movie because they came out in the same year. So they're making this Conan movie and all these sword and sorcery movies are big. So let's just make it that. Um, and oh my God, like this film, I, Oh, it's yeah, it's so it's wow. You're going to have to tell me, you're going to have to tell me what you see in this film because Oh man, I, I mean, there was one point where he was sinking in the quicksand and I was cheering for the quicksand. So you got to tell me, Heather, what it is you see in this film. Uh, uh, currently, as, as, a, as an adult, nothing. So what, what did was, you see in it this? It was terrible. Um, I was an animal kid. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I, liked, I liked the animals. I liked the idea that he could talk to them. Uh, I was too young to recognize the problems with how they were treating the one girl. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there's 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 a decent amount of eighties eighties boobs in this. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that was a, at least I got that. Boobs, yeah. But uh, nine year old me clearly had no taste. But um, yeah. I was seven when this movie came out. I saw it and I didn't like it even as a kid. Like this movie is just garbage. But we had a copy from like we had that that box of. Box of VHS, right. Yeah. Box of VHS. And this, a, a version of this was in that box and it had been recorded from TV with, and then the ads taken out. Right. So, so the boobs were gone. a lot of the problematic bits weren't in the part, the one that I right. watched as a kid. Like it was, it was significantly shorter. Yeah. The non-consensual nice. groping wasn't in it. Yeah, that was a little shocking, I got to admit. Um, like, holy shit. Yeah, like, I, that came up, I'm like, holy shit, I don't remember this part. Was I that stunned as a nine-year-old? But no, it, it, it wasn't in it. Uh, okay. So the the edited for TV version okay, that, I, 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 that I watched I out, of the, out of the big box of terrible movies uh, was was actually better edited for, for a change. No, but, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't oh, know. I like the idea of having, of being part of uh, the animal kingdom, an adventuring party that was mostly animals because people suck. Okay, whatever works for you. They made <laughs> two sequels to this, as as we discovered by accident during the trailer episode. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, and, and, and there a, was and a TV series. series. As a TV series, yeah. Like Christ, man! Like I don't get it. And I'm just, I may never forgive you. Like, I just, oh my God. It's it, so it just, everything's so yeah. bad about this. Like, he's just straight up creepy as fuck. Oh yeah, he's terrible. But, um, what wow. Was, you, oh, you go. No, no, go yeah. ahead. I'll no, I'll tell you mine after. You go ahead. You're, you're on a roll. Sorry. No, no, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just mourning the loss of the three hours it took me to get through this two hour movie. What I was thinking as, as I was watching it now, and it didn't occur to me as a kid, but it, maybe would have done better as like a mini series <laughs> because they kind of rushed it. Like if they had taken, if they had taken his origin story and done a good job on it for like an hour and then like six weeks later, done a good job on one of his adventures. No, maybe that's I just, what the TV show was supposed to be. Uh, I just, I don't know. I think even the book sounded stupid, but that's just me. It, it just, I don't know. It sounds like it's derivative of derivative. And so there comes a point where you look at it and say, what the hell, yo, but whatever. I don't, I don't no, know. I, there's no snake venom left in this water. Yeah, it's just, Eesh. I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the theme music is generic, but it's not bad. Like it is what it is. Um, it sounds like some other type of 
like some of the theme and I can't place it. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because uh, for some reason in my head, I'm connecting it to Explorers, but I think it's because the Explorers theme was on the same CD. But I had the same feeling, though, like I found the music very familiar. Yeah, um, I uh, for some reason, the original Battlestar Galactica popped into my head. It's, but I looked and he didn't write that. Um, it may be that it's just so generic yeah. that, uh, like, you know, we joke about James Horner, that he has a really good case against James Horner in court. Uh, but the fact is he always produces like, like his main themes are always really distinct. Like Kroll was magnificent and the Star Trek two, three theme was excellent. And like his main themes are always super good, even if the other stuff is always just, you know, stolen. Uh, but they're, you know, they're all distinct, but this guy produced something I, I think is just so unbelievably generic that it's just, it's triggering random memories, like someone stuck an electrode in, in the back of your skull or something. And it's like, you know, you smell burned toast and remember music that you've never heard. Um, something like that. I don't know. Did, but, didn't, I, didn't I text you that after I finished it? Like it's the, the most 80s movie that ever 80s? Yeah, and I, I, I hadn't watched it, and I thought, oh, shit. Um, I was eight minutes into this movie, and I wanted to die. Like, I thought, Jesus Christ, I was going to text you and say, I may never forgive you for this. And for the record, I probably won't. Um, so let's get into this. <clears throat> I'm going to say this with air quotes. Movie. Uh, it starts off with the world's cheapest opening sequence, which is to say... A picture of a panther and a picture of a of a eagle with the music, like it wasn't even the low quality of Lady Hawk. Like that's how bad it was. Uh, and then we focus in on a pyramid. And did you get the impression that they built this pyramid wrong? Like that they designed it to be too steep, and no one noticed it until it had been built. Like that's the impression I got. Because at the end. They had a hell of a time climbing that thing. I don't um, think it's a. I don't think it's a pyramid. I think it's a ziggurat. Ziggurat, whatever. But it just. I got the impression that that they didn't build it, like when they designed it, they didn't think about it. Like it was either meant to have less severe angle or safer steps. I'm not sure, um, because they seem to have had a lot of trouble climbing it, and you, so much. Yeah. I don't do you know, think they but, built it, or do you think they found it and borrowed it? Oh no, I, I think they built it. Like it's just this yeah. shitty little set, but. Um, I think I, I just, I can't help but think that they, they designed it to be too steep and didn't realize, and, and then like the construction guy went, well, okay, and just built it. And then they went in there and went, what the fuck? Like it just, I see impression I get, but in any case, inside this ziggurat are three mostly naked chicks with just fantastic bodies. And I got to say, he seems to have like an endless supply of these women. Because yeah. one one dies early on, another dies later on, but he always seems to have three of them. It's like he's got this. It's like he's got a deep bench of mostly no, naked. He went down to he went down to two, and then no, no, then it was, was back at three at the end. Was no, it? No. Oh yes. Um, oh, I think it's just shitty editing, but he always seems to have three. It's like he's got this bat, this deep bench of uh, babes with amazing bodies and bad latex masks. I mean, mutilated faces on. Um, like it, it's just like does he? Does he mutilate them, then have them wait, or does he let them continue on looking gorgeous and then like throw acid in their face before inviting them to be one of his three witches? I'm honestly not sure. But they're viewing some woman who is, I think, pregnant. She's the pregnant one. Yep. And these three witches tell her that the son of a king will kill him. And so he says, okay, we'll kill the kid. Then the king shows up and they have an argument and okay. Um, that night, one of the witches shows up in the King's tent with a cow, which is exactly what I expected. The witch shows up with a cow, sneaks into the, the King's bedroom. The King doesn't wake up, nor does his wife. Well, they, so they put stuff on them. Yeah, they but put the, they put the neon glow in the dark. I think stuff. actually that was a shot at one of the shitty bars downtown here. Like that. <laughs> that's the terrifying thought but it's kind of funny like she walks into their tent with a fucking cow and they sleep through it like they don't even notice the smell and you're right she goes over but remember first she pulls back the the uh the queen's 
shirt and he she's all she's all creepy and touchy over the belly remember yep and the woman doesn't wake up then she pours the neon glowing shit over their necks which allows them to wake up but not move remember that happened next um I'm not sure what was in that neon liquid that got it to glow, but man, I hope those actors didn't wind up with throat cancer 20 years later. Um, <laughs> Cause that was some nasty looking stuff. And she starts saying a bunch of spells and um, the, you know, the, 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 the witch with the great body and the bad rubber mask and the cow's belly starts to fill and hers deflates. Um, I'm sure every, every mother out there wishes they could have done that instead of give birth, but whatever. Um, seems a lot less painful. <laughs> I mean, I assume you didn't want a witch standing over you doing it, but you know, whatever. Um, I mean, maybe you did. I don't know. Well, I mean, have, to avoid the pain, would it have been worth it? <laughs> it didn't hurt. Actually. It wasn't that bad. I'll take um, your word for it. So anyway, so uh, she leads the cow off into the distance and I guess the cow gives birth and she's kneeling by the fire with this kid and she brands him and some random farmer shows up and sees this. And just as she's about to kill the kid, uh, because remember the kid will, is destined, you know, the prophecy says she'll grow up and kill this, this priest dude. Um, the, the farmer, whatever, pulls out this weird thing, which is like a cheap glaive. It's like the glaive, but badly made and kills her. There's a running joke in, ancient history that all the great Greek heroes were left on the sides of mountains and picked up by shepherds. And the minute I saw this, I started giggling because I couldn't, all I could think about was it's that fucking shepherd who comes home with another baby. And the wife goes, another one. That's a, that is a 30 year old joke from the classics department at the university of Calgary that like three other people on the planet are going to get. But anyway, he kills her with this weird little, cheap ass whatever it is she gets stabbed in the back and disappears uh under her cloak and then reappears mostly naked and he kills her again i think and takes the baby off to his village um the village is totally not a tiny little set made with matchsticks and like popsicle sticks and whatnot totally Def not definitely that. not definitely super not high high quality effects throughout yeah yep. And then we see Dar, that's what he names the kid, Dar, as a teenager. And this is where we learn that he can not speak to animals, but can sort of, I don't know, he's got a psychic thing going with him. And we know this because uh, a big bear, who's clearly like a trained circus bear, because he comes at them standing on his back legs. And yeah, he looks like a trained circus bear. He eats a villager, but Dar is able to scare off the bear. And his adopted father says, you must never tell anyone you can do this, but learn and grow. It's like, it, this is the dialogue is, um, I'm going to say this is the worst dialogue we've ever had in a movie. And we watched dungeon master. Like this dialogue is worse. Is it? Oh God. Yes. I mean, okay. Nothing beats. Do you fancy music? But it's, it's just so bad because it was written like us a grade sevener wrote a bad fantasy novel. Well, this whole thing is a grade sevener's bad fantasy novel. Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately it's based on a published novel. So sorry, dude, but <laughs> whoever you are, who wrote this, you wrote a shitty novel. You got to wonder whether he, uh, because he's listed as uncredited. You got to wonder whether he saw this film and just started screaming. <laughs> what did you do in my yeah. in my book? But anyway, um, it's true. Did it even get the names right, though? Well, no. Um, anyway, suddenly he's an adult. Dar is an adult. And one thing I forgot to mention about this village is that for some inexplicable reason, all of the huts are on stilts, like two story high stilts. Yes. At, a very short fence and buildings on stilts. Yeah, um, and, and that makes no sense. Like, at this point, we have no idea why the village has, like, a wall, which is just, like, you know, planks made out of, I swear to God, popsicle sticks. It must be. Um, but, okay. Uh, in the meantime, Dar, who's now an adult, played by Mark Singer, um, goes off to plow in the fields, and they see a cloud of smoke coming, so they know it's a group called the... What were these 
these guys called. This I never group. actually caught it. Um, I thought it was the Jugs, but I'm sure I got that wrong. Mm, what are you, hold what on. Are you doing? Looking it up. Okay. June. But, June? J-U-N. The June? I always thought they were the Jugs, but whatever. They look like a bunch of knockoffs from the Road Warrior. Like, it's it's a bunch of third-rate, like, leather fetishist S&M guys on, uh, on horseback. And there's the one of them who's clearly the leader who I got the impression at some point there was going to be, like, some big reveal at the end of the movie as to who the leader was. But, no, just yeah. he's scary, scary leader. Um, so, just like Conan does in the beginning the bad guys come and kill the villagers and Dar is the only survivor. Um, and his dog is killed along with his adopted father. And he arrays all the bodies in a circle with a cross th- with a slash through it, sort of like a no, like a, you know, no symbol. And they never really explain why it is that. that it, was the, it was the same symbol on his father's sword. Yeah, but they never explain the significance of the symbol. So he arranges the bodies in that symbol and sets them on fire, which is not terrifying at all. Um, Could I just mention that they have some really crazy accelerants for uh, a, a primitive culture. society? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was see, pretty. Did impressive. you see that building blow up? And then, oh like, yeah, I forget. That, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, one then, of the like, buildings. He like touches the circle of bodies with a torch, yeah. and it goes whoosh. Yeah, I totally yeah, forgot right. that though. Yeah, when what when the when the when the the leather fetishist hordes attack, one of the one of these stilted huts doesn't go on fire. It explodes like like they were storing dynamite in there. Um okay. Uh, <laughs> I just okay, whatever. I don't know. A, a more intelligent movie would have had them have the secret of gunpowder and that's why the leather fetishists wanted them you know sort of the way the bad guys in in conan wanted the secret of steel but no it's just they thought it would cool to have it blowed up good and uh... see they, they they should they should just have made more of it and explained things better and, and taking their taking their Time to do it right. This is the worst spent $9 million we've ever discussed, Heather. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> so suddenly he, I guess he scavenges. Like this guy, at this point, this dude lives in like a thong and and some burlap. But once his family is dead, he manages to gather up some leather. So now he looks like a Chippendale dancer with uh, like, I don't know what you call that thing, a belt with tassels hanging from it to cover his junk um he's got the cool sword his father had which i swear to god looks like a katana with a new with a western style hilt and handle on it um like it's clear they went to like things engraved and bought some shitty sword and took off the handle it's pretty wild and then we get to see him practicing with a sword wait no we don't we get to see him standing on top of a hill swinging a big thick branch, you know, for yeah, he exercise. was gonna fall off of there if he lost yeah. his balance, he was screwed. And also, and and that would have been a this, much better film. Dad's got to have a backstory because for a peasant to have a sword and a cool ass throwing thingy that he's that good with, yeah, like he must have come from somewhere, yeah. And that's the thing, it's this, it's this really nice sword that uh, at least we know where the money in this movie went to. I think a lot of it went to cocaine, but that's a different matter. But yeah, he's this wanker is uh, Mark Singer. Like, I'm not sure why they chose him. I think mostly because he had a nice body and he's kind of sort of attractive. Um, you know, they put a, I'm not sure whether that's his eighties wig or what's that. He's, he's, he's really not. I'll take your word for it, but he just, I think they chose him because he's got a good body. Like he's, he's, he's got pretty, muscles. Yeah. He's cut. Um, so there's, so you know, it, it's their attempt at showing, you know, whether the, the hero learns the sword. So he's swinging this big fucking <laughs> tree trunk around. Um, I guess that makes him good. And then in the next scene, he's doing it with his sword. And it's pretty clear that they only, that the sword master for the movie only taught him like one move, the swinging it back and forth in the figure eight, because that's all he does when he wants to impress someone is he does that. Are you texting? Are you already bored? Oh, no, I'm looking at what the, 
what the weapon thing is called. But I'm gonna call it the discount glaive. Yeah, but this was this 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 came out first. I know, isn't that terrifying? Maybe now I'm starting to understand Kroll. Like they pointed at Beastmaster and said, that was a shit movie. Let's do it, but better. Like They were better. Well, Kroll was a much better film. Kroll yeah, was a Krull, shitty film. Kroll sucked, was sh- but it, it was better than this. It was a suck. It, it was a shitty good film. This is just a shitty film. So anyway, uh, Dar is wandering around. And he come, he falls into we're at the twenty nine minute mark. We're we're moving we're moving at a good clip here. He falls into some quicksand, and I got to tell you, Heather, I was rooting for the quicksand. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you here. And two ferrets come along, and steal his thong from the ground. Yes, they do. And he communicates with them and convinces them to help him out. So they get onto a tree branch, which is conveniently hanging over the quicksand, and one of them chews the branch. And the other weighs down the branch so he can pull himself out. But then the poor thing almost drowns and he digs him out and he names him. Was it Kang and Kodos? No, those are the uh, aliens and symptoms. Kodo and Kodo? Kodo and Kodo or Kodo, Kodo and Kodo? Or Kodo and Kodo? Something like that. I don't know. And it's kind of funny because he says, you two will be my friends. And he names them. And in the next scene, he's walking with them. And it's pretty clear he just had two ferret skins that he was hanging out of his satchel. Oh, and at first, I, so stuffed. It was so funny, though. At first, I thought, Jesus Christ, did he say they were they were his friends? And then he killed them. Like, for the for the briefest moment, I thought, it's like, is, did he kill them? <laughs> is he carrying their corpses around? But no, he just had, like, two stuffed ferrets. It was pretty hilarious. Um, and then... Who does he meet next? Oh, then he meets the Panther, conveniently. Um, like, there's no story in between. He just goes from the ferrets to the Panther. Um, the Panther is being menaced by more of these leather S&M fetishists. And one of the one of the ferrets, ferrets I don't know, like steals the bolt of the crossbow so they can't finish the... Is it a Panther? Is that what that thing is? I think so. It's supposed it, to be. Supposed to be. I swear to God, it looks like a tiger that's been spray painted black. I don't it know. Depends on the shot. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just so. There's a fight there, and 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 so now he has the ferrets, and he's got the the panther, and in the next the next scene is uh, well, it's the '80s boobs and inappropriate ickiness. He spots Tanya Roberts and one other woman. Um, you know, hanging out by the side of a lake, topless, because, of course. Because it's the 80s. Because it's the 80s. And he sends one of the ferrets to steal her clothing, though she has enough to cover herself up when she gets out of the, the lake and realizes her stuff's been stolen. Yeah, the level of dress was a bit inconsistent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and is then, his pouch, though. Yeah. He didn't have it before the ferret showed up. No. And then um, the, the he he does this thing which... In this day and age, we would call, uh, well, sexual harassment, if not assault. Sexual um, assault, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tan- the, the, Tanya Roberts, the, we have no idea what her name. I think it winds up being like Kira or Cora or Kyra or some such thing. Yeah, um, and uh, she spots the panther and she panics. And out of nowhere, he jumps into view, wraps his arm around her, goes cheek to, she- to, cheek, to cheek and says like, don't move, he's a fierce animal. And then of course... You know, he could psych- psychically connect to the thing. So the panther lies down and then scoots off. And he, he forcefully kisses her and tries to get it on with her. And she says, I am a slave. I must return to my owner. And he says, I will rescue you. No, I must return. And and, and then she runs off and like, what the fuck? Like, I, Heather, you had shitty taste as a kid. Like, well, I didn't. I just. I couldn't, I couldn't follow any kind of plot from the pirated sh- edited copy ahead i gotta be honest like i watched this film and at points i didn't there were times i didn't know what was going on oh yeah but the but the entire time i didn't care i gotta be honest anyway he wanders off and he spots like she runs off so he he's sort of wandering and i assumed he was following her uh, or maybe i was hallucinating i honestly don't remember at that point but he spots off in the distance this tree with glowing shit hanging out of it so he goes closer to it, and he finds this human locked in a, a a cage, and he lets him out. And then suddenly he's surrounded by the... And this is the only part I remember from when I was a kid. 
he yeah, spots these weird bat looking humans with no mouths. And one of them grabs this escaped cage dude and liquefies him with green slime. It's so, I don't know why, but I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember these guys and the guys at the end with the armor and the glowy eyes. Those are, the, those are the two scenes that stuck with me. Like the yeah, the berserker guys. Yeah, but I re- all I remembered was the goo because the minute they opened up their bat like wings, it's sort of like they they have a cape which is like bat wings, and the minute they did that, I knew what was going to happen. I thought they're going to liquefy this dude. I remember this, and so they liquefy him, and there's green goo. So of course, Dar freaks out and pulls out his sword, and the bat creature grabs the tip of the sword. You think there's going to be a fight, but instead, this chain with a hawk medallion which looked nothing so much at, looked like nothing so much as the symbol of the federal republic from starship troopers uh, i kind of missed a bit there though what did i miss his uh bird hawk eagle whatever the hell they're pretending it is companion came down and landed on top of their idol and it looked the same is that why they gave him the, the okay yeah i, I think why I they maybe... didn't eat him and let him go okay and gave I, him the medallion and gave him the medallion. Okay, I honestly missed that part. I must have been blacking out at that at this point. Um, so yeah, so they yeah. give him a medallion and send him on his way. Who are these people? Dunno. Why are they doing this? Dunno. I swear to God, the fact that you had to fill in that part for me doesn't make these people any clearer to me. Like, do they think he is a, I don't know, like a demigod? I, I, do they worship birds? I honest to God have no idea, Heather. So he well, wanders off... He wanders off again and he comes across like a village, which again was made with matchsticks and, and it's, it's the town with the ziggurat from the beginning. And he wanders into this place and like all fantasy films, he's able to hide himself by stealing some poor bastards hooded cloak. And he goes into the middle of what is clearly a sacrifice and poor Rip Torn, this great actor who, Again, must have been desperate to pay his rent. He's playing this priest, and he's the one from the beginning of the movie who tried to have Dar killed. And he says, you know, he throws a kid in a fire pit, and then he demands another kid. And Dar, being who he is, sends his eagle into the air to grab the kid at the last minute, which is officially the worst special effect we've ever seen. Like, it was clearly the eagle carrying, like, a Cabbage Patch Kid doll or something like it. It was really bad. And the priest... Uh, slime, slimy, slimy guy that he is he goes. Look, see, the gods want you want me to have your kids, and he sort of wanders off because he doesn't know what the hell is happening. And I got to be perfectly honest, neither did I. But we do spot uh, Tanya Roberts, Kira, slave chick. She's chained to the ziggurat, and she sees Dar, and he sees her, and they exchange sexy looks. But then suddenly it's nighttime. And he delivers. I don't know how he knows where that that tiny child lives. She's too young to know. But he delivers her to his father and says, I got a gift for you. And they feed him. And then he leaves. Like, this is a two and a half hour movie crammed into two hours. I'm telling you, like, there's no context to anything here. It's uh, it's a series of cool shots smashed together by random 80s tropes. This is a this is a junior high D and D campaign by someone who should never have been allowed to be a DM, is what this is. Hundred um, percent. So he's wandering some more, and he encounters like some more. What does he encounter? Oh, right, he encounters some dudes in red in like red cloaks. Oh, the uh, oh, sorry, they're the, the priests of the high priest guy. The witches send the guys out. To find him, right? With the, with the, the creepy eyeball range that I thought you'd like. Oh yeah, no, that was just weird. Um, that's right. Him. That's right. The witches clue into the fact, and therefore this high priest clues into the fact that Dar is alive, right? The one who's destined to kill him. So they send his priests after him, and they almost get him, but they don't. He kills them, um, and they acquire. He yeah, he acquires that weird ring with the eyeball in it, which. Who the fuck keeps something like that? So for the rest of the film, the evil priest is going to be able to spy on Dar. Because no one, the guy, because the people, whoever wears the ring never seems to open, notice the eyeball open. He says the ferret stole it. Who does? Dar. Dar? Uh, Later on, when he dumps out their pouch 
for the yeah. kid. He says they steal anything shiny and he dumps it out and the ring's in there. And oh, then the is that what puts it, it on? Yeah. And oh, okay, then right. the eyeball only ever opens when the kid's asleep. Uh, and apparently okay. nobody ever looks at him when the kid's yeah. Uh, we also encounter a character who I never got the name of. He's played by this great actor, John Amos, uh, who people from the 70s will remember him from a show called Good Times. I remember him as Admiral Fitzwallace from the West Wing. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, he's Best a fantastic. Actor in the whole movie. Well, except uh, Rip Torn. Him and Rip Torn. They're, they're both magnificent actors who are like 10 classes above this movie. Here he's he's the typical in, in a fantasy movie. He's the typical black dude. He's the, he is the honorable barbarian who can kick everyone's ass. They shaved his head and they gave him a, a straight hair top knot. And that's as and a thong like he's, that's it. And he's followed around by this, this, this white kid. And I don't know what their relationship is, but he's following him along. I think he claims to be the rightful King, rightful heir to the, to the ziggurat. Um, so I'm guessing he, mom had a second kid. Yeah, he stars uh, half brother. Is that what that new, is? Yeah, from the new wife and the okay, the guys, the guardian. Okay, I, again, I get, must have blacked out at some point. Get this, get this kid out of town. Raise him to be the next leader. Uh, okay. And then his the king got imprisoned. And I, I gotta be honest, I was I, I was I was scrolling through the Steam Summer Sale webpage at this point. I think this is the point in the movie where I bought Breakout Recharged and Asteroids Recharged. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're curious, bit. this movie drove me to spend twelve dollars on video games. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It's it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a poor D and D campaign done very badly. Oh, oh it's by, really really by bad. Someone who doesn't know how to run a game. Yeah, and so they rescue the panther who falls in a hole, and then they have a big conversation and. We get to see the eyeball open and like, I, I'm not even sure what happens next. We get to see the, oh, right. The, the head priest and the other priests and Tanya Roberts, they, they get, they, like he spots them. He sends his Eagle. I'm not even sure where the Eagle came from. Like, I know the Eagle has been around since creepy bat liquefy guys, but I don't know where the Eagle came from. He was, Way at the beginning, he was one of, oh, okay. one of the first. Uh, Another blackout is what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, you're, you probably bought something. But the, the kid <laughs> is now of age. The Guardian's taking him to reclaim the throne. Uh, they stumble upon a procession where they're taking, what's your name, slave girl. Yeah. But I'm looking at this part to, where, the, the sacrifice. where the priest... Yeah, but I'm looking at this part, this little clip now, where the, the priest is trying to drown Tanya Roberts. I swear yeah. to God, I watched this film three hours ago, and I do not remember this scene. Like, <laughs> but they, they, I don't know, they're waiting to cross the river, and it's one of these things you used to see on the Thames, like in the 1200s, where it's a raft with a rope, and you, you know, rope connected to either end of the the lake and you sort of pull it which is a real thing it's a real medieval thing and it yeah. turns out somehow they managed to get like dar and the black dude have, and the kid have managed to get ahead of this procession they're the people on the raft so they kill the priests that's not true they don't kill the priests they tie them up and chain them up and then tie them to something uh, because i guess they don't want to kill them or something and just then more like leather fetishists show up and they push the priests into the water and drown them to speed things up. Uh, the the fetishists shoot arrows at them. And it's funny because they the, the raft has these like, they look sort of like the ends of Viking ships like with the, the, the wood carvings. Yeah. And you keep seeing like arrows hit these things. And then you realize that they're at 90 degree, they're at right angles to where they should be based on <laughs> yeah. where the guy's shooting them were. Because they're all in sideways and their face, I don't know. Oh my God. Like this movie is, is like this director should be embarrassed with how bad this movie is. But again, I'm, I'm starting to question whether someone slipped something into my, my water while I was watching this because I don't remember a lot of this shit. Um, They sneak back into the city. I'm still not sure why they sneak into the basement we discover that they that the weird priest and his dudes create berserkers by feeding them this glowy liquid, which again I hope none of these poor extras 
uh, develop cancer because that's some radioactive shit if it glows like that. Um, there's an escape, and it's, 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 they they also put a Star Trek ear thing in their ear. Except that's right, that's right. They make them drink weird shit, and then they put the Star Trek thing in their ear. Then they become berserkers, which are just leather fetishists from a, an orgy with leather zipper masks with glowy eyes. Like that's all these berserkers are. Who, if you ever if you, you watch them run down the halls and they look like they've got like the world's worst wedgie, the way they run, it's pretty funny. Um, there is well, a rescue. They can't shake it out. They got spikes on their gloves. Yeah, I guess. Um, there's more fighting. It's I, I don't even I don't even know what happens. That's right. They come across the king who's been hanging out in the in their dungeon. And he's been blinded. Um, so they get him out of town. They go hang out in the mountains where there's fires and they've gathered villagers and they're going to like attack the ziggurat to depose this priest. So the. The old king can sort of reclaim his throne. And it, this is where they discover that the eyeball's been listening to them. And at one point, the the black dude says, well, we, we got we to gotta do something different because the, the guy, like the priest dude knows our plan. And the king says, no, we're doing it anyway. And the black dude says, we're doomed. You missed the what? part where, you missed the part where the king banished our, for being. Oh, is here. that what happened? Yeah. Why did he banish him? I thought they just... They got didn't... in a fight. The, the king said, I want my city back. And Dar said, no, you have to take out the June. Uh, because even if you get the city back, the June will just come and kill you all anyway. You need oh, an army. Okay. You need to do this properly. And the king says, I'm the king. Fuck off. You're weird. You talk to animals. You're banished. Okay, is that what it was? I, I honestly got here's another part I just forgot, um, or I didn't see because when he wakes up the next morning and there's no one around, I swear to God, I thought it was like the scene from Clash of the Titans where uh, Cassiopeia wakes up in the morning, or sorry, Andromeda wakes up in the morning and Perseus and the troops have ridden off because they didn't want her to follow. Um, I honestly thought that's what it was. But in the meantime, the black dude spots the uh, the eye is open. He realizes they know their plan. The king insists they're going anyway. Dar wakes up the next morning to discover that, well, duh, they were captured. So he sneaks back into the city. There's a really shitty fight. And the way these people were sort of stumbling around on this ziggurat, this is where I get the impression that they built this thing too steep. And they yeah. just, they didn't have the money to rebuild it. Well, I mean. Like it's half, super half steep. The 80, half the 80 standard. You're not going to get the best carpentry squad, are you? I mean, it's well built and it looks cool. I mean, it's it's pretty simple looking, mm. but it's just that angle's got to be like sixty degrees, like it's because really, really steep. It's really steep, and I'm thinking, I just can't help but think that they just built it. They they built it wrong, and they went, well, shit, we got to use it anyway because this whole fight that happens on this ziggurat, first off, it looked dangerous as hell, not like movie dangerous, it like like film dangerous, like yeah, like. Yeah, like if the, the union had seen this, they would have stopped filming. Yeah, insurance wouldn't have covered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it's pretty wild because right near the end, um, yeah, I love it. Like, he, you know, Dar fights his way up the side of this. He kills almost everyone. And then the black dude yells, charge to the top of the ziggurat. Thanks, buddy. Could have done that five minutes ago. Finally, yeah. yeah, anyway, he kills the, 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 the priest kills the old man, the, the, the old king. And then Dar kills him. Well, there's no, the fake kill first. There's the fake, yeah, the fake one. He's, he's, he sticks a dagger into the, into the chest, priest's, yeah. like, abdomen. Like, right. it's, I think he hit his appendix there. Yeah, and he pretends to be dead. Um, then Dar... You can, like, see the pillow, the, 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 the pause screen where I hit. You can actually see the pillow coming up around the dagger. It's awesome. Oh, gee. <laughs> Yeah, so he then starts making out with Tanya, the slave chick, and this is where the priest gets up to stat, you know, pulls the, the dagger out and is going to kill Dar, and one of the, the ferrets jumps on the, the guy's back and he falls into the fire pit and dies with him. Noble it's, sacrifice. It's the male ferret, if you care. I didn't, but thank you. <laughs> um, at which point they realize the jugs, the jun, the... I don't know, the Mad Max rejects on, on, on horses. They're going to attack. So they pull, they pull back the, 
oh god this is so bad they pull back the what do you call it the the bridge and it turns out the moat around the city oh yeah did i mention there's a moat around the city and it's made with something flammable i'm guessing it's the same stuff that was in dar's house back at the village um so they get the villagers to go out there and throw (laughs) throw dirt on top of the the tar in the moat so that these scary horse people think it's dirt and then they prepare for battle the horse hordes which was actually the one nice shot in this movie when the horse hordes sort of emerge out of the darkness yeah it was a nice shot so there's like a five second scene that's worth watching in this movie and they set as you know just as the uh you know the horse people charge into the the moat and they're drowning they set it on fire of course you know it's not that easy some people get shot the 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 boy who would be king takes an arrow to the heart and then later it's just his shoulder because the makeup guy got it wrong and they set fire to the to the moat and there's a fight and they and, and this is where you see the head of the horde. And I, I thought like the, the guy at the head of the horde with the weird bat winged helmet. I like you'd seen him remember at the beginning of the first battle where Dar's village is killed. I thought he was gonna like take off his helmet and he'd be revealed to be someone important. Somebody? Yeah, no, he's but, just a random bad guy. Yeah, a random bad guy gets pushed into the flaming, exploding, not flaming, exploding moat, and he dies. And his and his fetishists keep coming and they realize they're going to die but then this and then what happens oh yeah he gives the the hawk his his medallion the hawk flies off and instantly the creepy bat liquefy people show up it wasn't instant he gave the he gave gave the hawk the medallion in the afternoon when the when the preparations were going on oh okay I just, I, I, I'm, I think I might have been hallucinating at this point. Yeah, I, th- I, th- um, I think you were probably bleeding from the ears by then. That's, that's possible. Um, and, and so the liquefy bat people show up and, well, liquefy people. And Dar and the black dude, whose name I still don't know and still don't care because I mourn for John Amos uh, for having been in this. Don't even bother looking it up. I'm looking him up. I'm going to beep I, it. I love John Amos. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beep it when you give me the name. <laughs> I dare you. You're seriously looking this shit up? Does it matter? Seth. Seth. John Amos played Seth. And Rip Rip, Rip Torrin's character was called Max with two A's. Max. Max. Okay. Max. Uh, Oh, I, I think just out of... Anyway, so whatever it all ends, and we learn that the kid who was shot in the in the in, in the in the sternum, really it was just in the um, in the shoulder and his shoulder. left arm. Yeah, his 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 arm isn't going to work for a while. And by the way, it works two minutes later when he climbs the fucking cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's when black dude Seth, uh, John Amos, poor guy. God, I'm so sorry for him that he has this in his past. Um, recognizes the the branding on Dar's head and says, you are the one who was foretold. You are the king. And says, no, you got the king there. And he wanders off. And uh, The kid was raised for it. And I'm just a peasant. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a, yeah. Does he get to keep, I forget. Does he get to keep the, like this 10, does like slave chick stay with him or does she smooch him and leave? She, I believe, I don't know, but. In, oh yeah. Cause the very last the, scene isn't the very last yeah, scene. Them making out on them, the, yeah. Yeah, but the also, very last. Yeah, she's his cousin. Well, shit, you're right. She is. Like, but hopefully, it's through his half brother's mom. Maybe this was just filmed in Kentucky. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make the film any better or worse. Like to throw in some icky, almost incest, but. At least they have the uh, secret. Consensual incest. Oh. Yeah, I know. Just well, so I mean, in the end, she in the end, she's she's all up for it. I well, mean, yeah. He's not. I, he's not a. He's not a random creep anymore. He's her cousin. And so now she wants him. Yeah, it's. That's yeah. It's yeah. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that as a kid. You're better for it. You really are better for it. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't like the movie's over. Thank God. I can only imagine how bad the sequel is like where they, where he go, travels into the future. Like I just, I cannot bring myself to even consider doing that. I'm sorry. Um, 
This film is a steaming pile of poo, Heather. And oh, oh God, I just like this is one of these movies like there's movies we've seen that they're cult classics because they're so bad. You can't help but laugh at them. This is not was, that. Isn't that? No. And yet there are three of these and a TV series. Does it does it help if you pay attention right to the very end? It turns out that the girl ferret had two more ferrets. She had babies. No. No, not at, no. All, not at all. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I, yeah. I, 20 honestly, minutes I, in, I was cheering for the quicksand, quicksand Heather. I know. I, I honestly regret watching this as an adult. Yeah, I just, so I think the, we've come to a few lessons. The first is that when we do a trailer episodes and I choose the worst trailers I can find, it's not an invitation to watch the movie. Um, though Sink the, oh, Raise the Titanic was a good movie, even if it did have, you know, Dirk Pitt, the porn star in it. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I just, ugh, anyway. Um, so damn you for making me watch this. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on this glorious film that you loved and you wanted to watch? Um, I kind of wish I hadn't. Yeah. Yeah. This is, so this, by the way, if you're curious, will be episode 75 Normally, you do something awesome for a milestone like that, but this will be our podcast of regret. Ice Pirates. I'll, I'll, I'll redeem myself on Ice Pirates. Fuck no. <laughs> no! I choose the next one. I take back my previous <laughs> offer that you choose the next one. I am choosing the next one. Um, I'd actually love to do talk about Top Gun Maverick, but we got to have Ryan uh, or Ramey yeah, for that. We need Ramey for that. Um, that's a good film, by the way. I was actually, I mean, it's the premise is ridiculous, but it, it is otherwise an excellent film. Um, I it. It's it's a very good film, except for the premise, which is fucking dumb. Um, but in any case, um, but yeah, like this film is uh, a never again. Like I would I would rewatch Dungeon Master first. Like, mm. I think Dungeon Master is a better movie. No. Okay. Well, speaking from the male point of view, this has boobs, but that's it. Like, that's it. That's all. It's all it's got. Like, I well, know that doesn't got, do much for you, but and it's got the panther that occasionally turns into a tiger when they do a close-up of its face. Right. Like, so I'm not crazy. No, no. Like, it's they, it was they spray painted two a tiger. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the panther for the long shots and the tiger for the interaction shots. That tiger. Like, you got to wonder if, if the SPCA was just not told because they smeared this poor bass, this poor cat in like black something or other. I don't know. Yeah. I just I'd have to I'd have to look it up to confirm, but I don't like but it sure looks like two different creatures. Oh, I agree. You can see it in the face. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, this film is uh, for our listener, listeners, listener. I don't know. Um, don't watch this. We took a bullet for you. Uh, I promise the next movie we do, whatever it is, will be much better than this. Any final words before I start cheering for you to get lost in quicksand? And I do it again. <laughs>